There's a lot of people watching online right now, and I'm happy that you guys are watching online, and we're all going to welcome you together. Would you give them a big round of applause? Come on, put your hands. This is for you. There you go. Give it to them. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Gripped by Amazement. I got this title from reading Mark chapter 1, where it speaks on how Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. And while he was teaching, the Bible says that those who were listening were gripped with amazement. And they were full of excitement. And as Jesus was leaving the synagogue, uh, he was with James and John. And as they were leaving, uh, I just stopped reading at that point in the scriptures because I know what it feels like to leave church. I, I know what it feels like uh, to be praying in my closet or praying in the bedroom or praying in my car and experience the presence of God. And then when I'm done praying, I know what that feels like. Just as many of you as you do. You know what it feels like to come to church and, and all of a sudden you feel stronger. You feel more at peace. You know what that feels like. And so I can only imagine what James and John and Jesus were talking about as they left the synagogue. They were telling stories and, and they were talking about this person who had been healed or they were talking about this particular point in Jesus' sermon, but their excitement was up. There, there's nothing like the presence of God. Uh, this is why in Psalms 26 verse 8, the psalmist says, I love to go to the house of God because it's where his presence dwells. In Psalms 122 verse 1, it says, I love to come to the presence of God. Actually, it says this, I rejoiced when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. See, there's something about the house of God. There's something about the presence of God. If you ever hear a preacher preach and you walk out and you go, I can't remember two or three days later or two or three hours later. I can't remember what he said. Don't worry about it. Oftentimes I preach and I don't even remember what I said. But the reason why we feel stronger, the reason why our faith goes up when we hear it, but we don't always remember it, is because the words that are going out, they are living and active. It's like pulsing through your body. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says, they are living and active sharper than a double-edged sword. This is why the prophet said, it was like fire shot up in my veins. See, when you are in the presence of God, it, there's something living, something active. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which was a gift from God? This is, this is what's taking place when you are in the presence of God. Nothing can replace the presence of God and nothing can replace 
private devotion. Nothing can replace the sanctuary of the Lord and nothing can replace your private prayer time. One can never take the place of the other. You you need them both. Somebody shout real loud, "Yes." yes. Now, what's fascinating to me is why is it that when we leave the presence of God, we feel stronger? Why is it? Because the problems haven't gone away. But we just believe that momentum is on our side. In Psalms 56, 9, it says, The very day you call for help, the tide of the battle turns. Being in the presence of God, being in the sanctuary of God, had to have been very exciting for James and John, just as it is for you and I. I was thinking about how whenever we walk out of church... Uh, when we walk out of the four walls of the sanctuary, the battle is still out there. It's still out there. It's, it's not the absence of the battle that gives us relief or peace. It's the presence of God that gives us relief and peace. The battle is still out there. For those of you that grew up in Texas like I did, you know that Texas has mosquitoes that you can throw a saddle on. You know that. You you know that if you stay around 6, 7 o'clock in Texas in the evening during certain times of the year, if you sit there long enough, they will suck every drop of blood out of your body. Now, the only way to prevent that, that I know of anyway is to spray this aerosol spray on yourself called off. Now, you won't get stung by a mosquito because you stink so bad that they won't even get close to you. And then when you go in, you just want to take a shower because you you stink. Well, I I found something for my wife. I felt like the rock star husband. Um, It's called bombshell. It's, It's not a perfume. It's a is P-A-R, parfume. As, anyone, as, as some of you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't know there was a difference. But it's parfume. It's, it's called bombshell parfume. Now, it wasn't designed for anything other than to make you smell good when you spray it on, ladies. But there's some scientists, or some researchers rather, in the New Mexico State University... That for whatever reason, they decided they were going to study bombshell and it found out to them. I don't know if they had nothing else to study or research. um, But they discovered that this particular perfume will repel mosquitoes. And so if or when my wife decides to test it and she walks outside... And assuming it's all true, I will stand there and look at her and be completely jealous because I'm not putting any perfume on me. I'd rather be sucked to death by mosquitoes. But the the mosquitoes are still around her. The, The problem is still present. It's not the absence of mosquitoes that gives her peace and relief. It's the presence of the oil that's on her skin. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says that the anointing oil breaks the yoke. 
The anointing oil of God is found in the presence of God. And that's why when you come in and you feel this heavy yoke, this, this heavy burden of anxiety, of worry and fear or even sickness, the, there's, a, there's an anointing, there's oil in the atmosphere. And, and if you're new to church, you may be going, I don't know what you're talking about. Without taking too much time, just think about the presence of God like wind. You can't see it, but you can feel its expression. You can feel its effects. And, and when you're in that presence, you leave feeling good. So James and John had to have been feeling what we feel when we're in his presence. But what's interesting to me is this is one of the only places in scripture where I saw Jesus walking around with only James and John. Now, maybe there were other disciples there, but they weren't mentioned. It said that Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, and they went to Peter's house. Now, what's, what's a little um, perplexing is that anytime Jesus was with James and John, Peter was always with them. They, those three guys were like the inner circle. If you read um, when Jesus went on the mountain of transfiguration, he said, hey, Peter, James, and John, come with me. He went to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, and he looked back and said, Peter, James, and John, come with me. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Peter, James, and John, come with me. So why, where was Peter? Uh, clearly, Peter had given his life to Jesus. He had already given up his, his fishing business. He had given his life to Jesus. So why wasn't Peter there? Well, they were on his, their way to Peter's house. And when they arrived at Peter's house, we find out why he wasn't there. Peter's mother-in-law lived with Peter was staying at Peter's house, and she was very sick. We know that she was very sick because she's a mom and she was in bed. <laughs> See, men, we don't have to be very sick to need to go to bed. If we get uh, what they call this a man cold, if we even get a, a sniffle, we, we have to go home from work early, we get home early and we are in tremendous pain. We're under the covers. We're moaning. We need something to drink. Where's my straw? I can't put it up to my mouth without a straw. We need chicken noodle soup. We need it all. When a woman gets sick, they do everything that they normally do that needs to be done. They still go to work. They still run the house. They still do everything. And us men are like, well, you must not have been as sick as I was. <laughs> so anytime you hear a mom, a mother-in-law, a mom, anything, if they're in bed, they are sick. Are you with me, ladies? Shout yes. yes. Let me hear you. Shout yes. Yes, yeah, so, so she's laying in bed sick, and this is why Peter was not with Jesus. He was, his personal household was being shaken. There was a big problem. I took a tour in Israel a few years back, and they took me to the place where 
They believe that Peter's house was. If you have a garage, your house is bigger than the house that I saw. It was a small, very, very small house. So therefore, the mother-in-law being sick affected the entire family. Their house, their home was being shaken. The thing about the foundation of a home is it's usually ignored until the ground shakes. And then you find out what the foundation was made of. In, in 2020, we don't know how our lives have been built and what the foundation is. But 2020 has shaken everybody's life. It's shaken everybody's household. There's not a person on this continent that hasn't been affected some way, somehow, by what's going on in the middle of 2020 and continues. It is shaking everything. Peter's life was being shaken. He's normally out doing ministry with James and John, but not now. His life is being shaken. When your life is being shaken, there's parts of your life that are completely on hold, whether you like it or not. Are you with me? Say yes. Are you with me? Say yes. You sound good. Whether you like it or not, your life is on hold. This was the situation with Peter. His life was on hold. Jesus said this about foundations. He said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, he says, everyone who hears my voice and does what I say, doesn't just hear it. There's a lot of people that know the Bible. Do you know that Satan knows the Bible better than you and I put together? He knows the Bible really good. So, but those who hear my words and does what they say, they shall be like a wise man who has built their house on a rock. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not what the scripture says. It says the rock, not a rock, the rock. Everybody say the rock. The rock, clearly alluding to a relationship with God, clearly alluding to a relationship with Jesus Christ. The rock. Watch this. When the rain falls, not if, not if, when the rain falls, and when the floods rise, and when the winds blow, and when it beats upon the house. See, you can love God, you can be a wise man, you can be a wise woman, you can be a Christian. The rain will still come to your house. The wind will still blow. And listen to what the scripture says. It will beat Upon your house, your foundation will be tested. But if you have built your life around Jesus Christ, on Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ, you have built as a wise man builds, you have built on a rock, and that house will remain. 
Let me just tell you, if it has been the theme of your life to be submitted to God, to worship God, to the best of your ability, you haven't been perfect, but you have been laser focused on honoring him and doing what the word says. You don't back up and come up with your own theology and say, well, I just believe. No, no, that's your theology. It's what does the word say? If you've been doing that, though 2020 has rocked your foundation just like it has mine, I just want to tell you, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We have built like a wise. Doesn't mean we like the rain. Doesn't mean we like Corona. We don't like the Rona. We don't like any of it. We don't like what's going on. We don't like what's happening to the economy. We don't like the political tension. We don't like all that stuff. But just know this. If you've built your life right, you're going to be okay. Jesus said this. He goes, everyone who has heard my word and has not done what I've said, just like the wise man, you are going to experience the rain coming down. The flood waters are going to rise. The, the wind is going to blow. It's going to beat against your family and your house. But if you have built like a foolish person and you've built upon sand, you have built all of your security on how well you can save your money. It hasn't been your relationship with God. It's been your own strategy. When all these things come, your house will fall and it will be a great fall. See, this has been a year where every foundation on the planet is being shaken and being tested. Everybody's being tested. Everyone is being tested. And if you're sitting here and you're listening to my words and you're saying, Frankie, I'm in the second category God has not been first place in my life. He has not been who I've been laser focused on. I, the last time I prayed was when I was seven years old over my Cheerios. I have not had a relationship with him. I just want to remind you of who we are talking about. We are not talking about your neighbor. We are not talking about some uh, wicked stepmother. We are talking about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ... His personality is reflected in Psalms 130, verse 7, where it says, He is tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. And so if you have not built your life on that rock, I just want you to know, you can change the tide of your entire life by making a few aggressive adjustments aggressive adjustment not passive aggressive James 5 16 the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much it cannot be passive it can't be all right I'm going to come to church from now on I hope you do something with my life no you can be a bump on a log in church or you can be active in church you can do what is I love you so much I'm passionate about you. It's got to be aggressive. 
Take your cell phone, throw it underneath the seat of your car when you drive. Turn off the radio. Cause your car, your truck, whatever, your minivan, whatever, to, to be a moving sanctuary down the highway. Are you with me? Say yes. It's got to be aggressive. You know, I did some personal inventory about how, how I'm doing as a dad, how I'm doing with my children. And I, I thought, I'm not spending enough time with my kids. So rather than beating myself up over it, I just said, hey, Presley, she's my 16-year-old girl. Let's go on a date night. And she likes date nights, so I'm starting to accelerate that. My son is, is, is 13, and he likes martial arts, so we jumped into Taekwondo together. It is so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. We walk in there with our white belt and our gi, and we're like, and I promise you, we're sitting there going, Taekwondo, and I start laughing my head off. Because I see myself outside my body and I'm like, what am I doing? I look next to me, there's a seven-year-old girl. Taekwondo! Taekwondo! I'm like, what am I doing? The sensei guy. What I don't even know what sensei means, so I'm sorry if I'm offending you. I have no idea. But he's walking down and he's asking questions to all the students. He comes up and he looks at this young man. He goes, which way do you turn when something, something happens? He goes, left, sir! And he goes to the next one. He goes, which way do you turn when this happens? He goes, right, sir. And I'm like, God, don't let him come to me. Please don't let him come to me. My son is watching. Everyone's watching. He comes up to me and he goes, which way do you turn whenever this happens? I went, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. No clue. Why am I doing this? Aggressive adjustments makes aggressive differences in relationships. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, put your hands together for that. Aggressive adjustments. And then here's, here's my favorite part of the whole story. Jesus comes walking in the room. He doesn't even pray for her. He walks in, he takes her by the hand, and he lifts her up. She's completely healed. It wasn't the prayer that healed her. It was the presence of God that healed her. Now, this is what I want you to chew on for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, for the rest of your life. In John 14, 12, it says, anyone who believes in me shall do the things that I have done. Anyone. First Corinthians, what did I say earlier? Uh, 16, uh, 9, 6, 619, 619. You're, the presence of God is in you. Charles Finney said, when a person is highly charged by the power of God, they change the atmosphere when they walk into a room. If Jesus did it, if David did it, when he sat down and he played the harp, spirits of depression would fly out of the room. I want to tell you that when there is a shaking in the nation, when there is a shaking in the city, leadership gets rejigged. Some of the leaders that I grew up watching and admiring, I don't know where they're at right now. I have no clue where they are right now. Are you the same way? Some of the people that you admired that, that 
lived on your street or you went to work with, where, where, where are they? I want to let you know that your number is being called. There's going to be more miracles on the street than in the sanctuary. There is, this is the time for the priesthood of the believer to begin to operate where it's you walking up to people and saying, can I pray for you? Now you may say, I don't think so, Frankie. You don't know who I am. I know exactly who you are. I don't know your name, but I know that you're a child of God. That he fearfully and wonderfully formed you. The Bible says that before you were born, he spoke your name. He called you. He made your mouth like a sharpened sword. Isaiah 49 verse 1 and 2. That he, in the shadow of his hand, he concealed you. He made you into a polished arrow. To shoot you and to send you to places that you had no idea were a part of your assignment. Do you receive that today? Come on, put your hands together for me. Do you receive that? Let me hear you. No idea. Let me show you what God does with just average people. Just average people. Like me. Like you. Take a look at this. My name is Matthew, and I was a Marine. Uh, I started losing my hearing while I was in. Um, when I got out, I started noticing it was on the decline. Um, whenever I, when, one day when I was working, I really noticed it was really bad. I just heard nothing but muffles in my left ear. A um, couple months back, we were in service, and Pastor Frankie, like he normally does, says start testing your handicap. Um, so I plugged my right ear, and I couldn't hear anything on my left ear still. Uh, second service, same thing. Plugged my uh, right ear and couldn't hear anything on my left ear. Uh, third service, he got a word of knowledge and asked if uh, if anybody's going deaf in their left ear. Uh, my hand shot out before I knew what was going on and started walking down to the front. Um, while I was walking, I heard somebody plain as day say amen out of my left ear. And I kind of like, it shocked me a little bit. Got to the rest of the front, like fully in front. Um, m music was going and everything. And I heard... Pastor Frankie praying for somebody next to me out of my left ear. Um, I started plugging my right ear, just listening to everything. And at that moment, I knew I was healed. I'd like for everybody to stand to your feet for me, please. Some of you have been invited to our church because healings happen here it's true every single Sunday people get healed not everybody we pray for gets healed Jesus is the one that does the healing and we he decides if it's their day or you know some people get healed when they're at home some people get healed the following week, a month later, two months later. But every Sunday, people get healed here. Every Sunday morning, and that's why we're able to play a testimony every Sunday morning for the last two and a half years. Two years. You come back 
next Sunday, you're going to hear a testimony of somebody else that was healed. There's people that will get healed right now. But this is what I'm going to ask before I pray for you to be healed. If the Lord touches you, if he heals you, even if it's up to 80%, it's not 100%, but it's 80%. If you do not give glory to the Lord, you are touching his glory. How do you give him glory? You give him glory by testifying about it. You talk about it. And and we need to be one of those people. If you do not talk about it, if you do not testify about it, you're touching his glory. You have to give it to him or you're touching it. Now, if I try to take it, I'm touching it. Me trying to take it would be, it sounds something like this. Well, this person got healed because I prayed for them. That's me touching the glory. I can get struck by lightning for that. So I have to stay away from the glory and you have to give the glory. Does that make sense? Say yes. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We've done it before and every time we do it, multiple healings happen all the way through the room. But this is what I want you to do. You will not know if you are healed or not unless you try to do something that you normally can't do. If you think that you're going to be healed just by standing here, it's possible, but it's not likely. The reason why I say that is if you read the book of John, every single healing was provoked by obedience. Where somebody had to do something in order to receive their healing. And so the only thing that I'm asking for you to do is if you're deaf in one ear, just like Matthew, I want you to cover your good ear. If you can't see well out of one eye, I want you to cover your good eye. If you have pains in your neck, I want you to move your neck around. I can always tell how much faith is in the room by how much movement I see in the crowd. The only thing that I'm going to ask you to do is that if you get healed, that you tell us about it. That's all. That you tell us about it. Do not touch His glory. The more glory you give Him, the more of His glory you will see. When you stop giving Him glory, the last movement of his presence could be the last. You cannot touch his glory. So I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to move in this room right now. And I want you, I don't want you to pray with me. If you don't need a healing in your body, I do want you to pray with me. But if you do, I want you to just pay attention to your body and try to move. And we've perfect, we've purposely kept the lights down because we know that some people would rather stay in pain than feel awkward, which is crazy to me because you have nothing to lose. But they'd rather stay in pain than have somebody see them move their neck or move their back. And if you need to get into the aisle to move, then do it. 
I promise you that people will get healed. I promise you. That's how faithful he's been. So let me pray. Just put your hands out like this. And I want you to start provoking the pain. Jesus, not because we deserve it and not because they deserve it, but because you have already paid such a significant price for their healing. You've already paid such a significant price. Lord, we don't want that price to go to waste and you deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. So Holy Spirit, begin to move through this room right now. Now for the next 30 seconds, I want you to try to do something that you couldn't normally. If you're sitting in a wheelchair, I want you to try to stand up. Try to do something that you couldn't do before for the next 30 seconds. Go. If the sickness is in your body and you can't provoke it like cancer or kidneys, I just want you to hold your hands like this and imagine like a waterfall just pouring through and just washing it all out. For the next 30 seconds, go. Provoke it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now this is what I want to do. I I like the lights being where they are and I don't want them to come up, but the trouble is, is that I can't see. I keep them down so that you don't feel awkward, but now the awkward part is, is that I can't see. So if you are 80% or better, I want you, even though I can't see you, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. And I want everyone else to look around. So raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Do not put it down. If I want your elbow to be straight. Don't put it down. If you are at least 80% better. Now keep your hand up. If you are looking at somebody that has their hand raised in this section right here, I want you to put your hands together. On your marks. All right. I need... Is that you, Omar? Is that you, Omar? Omar, walk along the wall and count how many hands are raised. Put it really, really high. Do not put it down. While he's doing that, in this section right here, raise your hand. If you see somebody only in this section with their hand raised, I want you to clap your hands if you see somebody with their hands up. Do you or not? Keep clapping if you do. No or yes? Is there anyone that has been healed at least 80% or better in this section right here? No? Raise your hand if at least 80% or better in this section right here. All right, help me out. I want you to walk up this aisle and I want you to count everyone in this section with their hand raised. So raise it real high. Don't make them work hard. 
In this section right here, if you see someone with their hand raised, I want you to clap your hands in this section right here. Praise the Lord. Deborah, 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 walk up this aisle right here and count everyone with their hand raised. Don't raise it like this. I want it like this. Anyone in this section right here, if you see anyone with their hand raised, clap your hands. Uh, Miriam, would you walk up this aisle right here and count everyone who has their hand raised? Uh, come over here so you can see it. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I'm coming over here. How many in this section? How many? One. Anybody in this section? How many in this section? Okay, two in this section. It's three. How many in this section? How many? Two. That's five. How many in this section? Two. That's seven. I'm, I'm six minutes over. I'm six minutes over. But there's people here that are saying, how many people just got healed? Seven. There's people here saying, seven people got healed and I wasn't one of them, but I want to be one of them. So let me pray again. Put your hands out like this. If you do not provoke yourself, if you do not provoke yourself, I don't know what's going to happen. But if you do provoke, if you do try to do something that you haven't done before, more people will get healed. Holy Spirit, begin to move. If, you've, if you're 80% or better, but you want to be 100%, start provoking. Holy Spirit, do what we can't do. Do what we can't do, Jesus. Jesus, we love you in the name of Jesus. Kidneys get better. Broken bones begin to shift and move. Shift and move. Shift and move. Somebody put your hand on the bone that you need to shift and move. Put your hand on the bone. In the name of Jesus. And I want you to keep your hand there. I really believe something special is going to happen. If it doesn't happen, then I'll take responsibility for it. Then it wasn't God. If nothing happens, then it wasn't God. Okay? It's Frankie. But I think that someone's either going to feel the bone move under their fingers. Or they're going to feel heat and tingling underneath their fingers. Cold, heat, or tingling, or movement underneath their hands right now. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, begin to move right now. Holy Spirit, move. Be patient. Wait for it. Stay patient. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The same people that looked for hands, I want you to 
raise your hand if you felt heat, movement, or tingling underneath your hands in this section right here. Anyone in this section? Actually, I'm not going to go through the whole room. Just raise your hand. If you see someone with their hands up, clap. What section is it? This one over here? What did you feel? What did you feel? You felt it move. Praise God. Somebody else. Anyone else? Raise your raise your hand and then clap if you see anyone's hands up. Come on up here real fast. Real fast. Come here. The young lady that, that felt her spine move. Come here real fast. I need a, a microphone. Someone get me a microphone. Here, come here. Just a... Here, they'll hear you through my mic. Oh, there we go. ready to see the Lord you're not ready if your heart were to stop beating right now you're not ready I can't let you out of this room lock the doors everybody put your hands everybody in the room put your hands like this I don't want those people to feel awkward as they have a private moment with God If you're the one I'm talking to, this prayer is just for you, even though the rest of us are going to jump in with you. With a raised voice, say, Dear Jesus. Come on, say it again. Dear Jesus. I love you. I'm sorry for my sins. Will you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.